CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ in Times Square. The guys are behind me getting ready for a big show tonight. And while they are doing that, here's what's coming up. Chip stocks are getting crushed. And the chartmaster says one name looks particularly bad heading into next week's earnings. He'll give you the setup. Plus, and liftoff. And that's what the consumer seems to be doing as a number of retail stocks hit new highs. And it could spell gains for one big Dow stock. Dan Nathan has the trade. And call it the perfect match. Mike has a way to make money on the online dating service if the stock goes up, down, or nowhere at all. He will explain. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now. All right, welcome. We start with retail tonight catching fire this week. The XRT Retail ETF hitting fresh 52-week highs. This is earnings season about to kick into full swing for that group. Check out some of the names reporting next week. There they are in front of you, Home Depot, Macy's, Walmart, JCPenney. The options market implying some hefty moves as well. Home Depot and Walmart could see a 4% swing in either direction. Macy's could see a 10% move. And the implied move for JCP, 18%. Dan, you're looking at one of those names for an even higher move. Yeah, so I'm looking at Walmart. You know, like you said, Scott, the implied move is about 4% in either direction uh, just the day after its earnings. Uh, I think it's Thursday, August 16th, prior to the opening. On average, the stock has moved about 6% over the last four quarters. So that spread between actually what's implied versus how much it's been moving caught my eye a little bit. And the other thing is, is that if you look at the one-year chart of Walmart, this was one of the early leaders in retail before the jury was out on the XRT here. Um, you know, it had that, that pretty precipitous drop into earlier um, this summer. It's up about 10% from those levels. To my eye, 90 looks like a pretty interesting um, technical level here. But there's other a couple other things going on. I mean, we obviously know that Amazon's at all-time highs, but some of its kind of bricks and mortar peers, Costco is trading very near its all-time high. Target has had this massive rally over the last year, up about 70%, up 26% on the year near its all-time high. So to me, Walmart has a couple fundamental issues that if they get going on its groceries, it's online, it's kind of better in-store um, traffic, it's margin improvement, that sort of thing. If they guide to that, this stock is going above that technical level. One more thing, I have a five-year chart, and this is really what got my eye um, informing the strikes on the trade them in detail here. You know, you get through 90 here, and there's like open air to about 100 bucks. So here's the trade. When the stock is trading about 90.25 today, I want to look out to October expiration Give this strategy some time to play out here. You could buy the October 90-100 call spread, paying $2.90 for that, buying one of the uh, October at the money. It's actually in the money a little bit. Um, calls, 90 calls for $3.40, selling one of the October 100 calls at $0.50. Cents. It costs you $2.90. It breaks even at $92.90. You can make up to $72, uh, or excuse me, $7.10, up to $100. Bucks. I just like the risk-reward of this trade. It's at the money, um, and there's some fundamental drivers here. All right, what about y'all? Yeah, I mean, you like I, it? I, I mean, I like the, uh, I'm making a bullish bet, I think, into Walmart. Obviously, it was substantially higher about a year ago. It's trading about 18 and a half times earnings, but we're looking at maybe 7.5% year-on-year EPS growth. So they do seem to be doing a couple things right. Uh, And I like buying the October 90 calls. Selling the October 100s at 50 cents is maybe the only thing I'm a little bit 
you know, concerned about simply because as a percentage of the current stock price, that's not collecting a tremendous amount of premium. But I also do agree with you that uh, a strong rally through 100 is a little bit unlikely. That's more than a 10 percent move from here. And this is a fairly stable stock generally. Well, it's interesting, the, the level that uh, you target, 100, that's the level from which the stock gapped down, right? Yeah. So you would be looking for a gap fill. Um, from my point of view, we know this has been a big laggard. If you look at the performance of Macy's or you mentioned Target, um, you look at Kroger, maybe that's a comp, or Costco. Uh, the issue is, is the lagging nature of Walmart an opportunity, sometimes that is, or is it a problem? Um, I'm in the latter camp. I think that the stock is kind of belongs here. Yeah. It seems dull. The other thing that's curious is, but if you look back, it typically doesn't move as much as 4 to 6%. So it's had more beta than normal over the last six years. Well, so months. I just want to make a couple points about the trade. That's why I'm looking at October expiration A. It's also why I'm defining my risk about the point about selling that 100 call. Listen, it's not a sure thing, right, that the stock's going to gap, but I do have a couple months. So if the stock goes down a couple percent rather than up a few percent, I can actually cover that 100 call in October and look to sell maybe the 95 and tighten it up a little bit, review, uh, reduce the premium at risk. So those are some of the things that I'm considering when I'm um, putting this This call on. that you're long is at the money, yeah. and the real question that – you are probably asking yourself, you might ask yourself, and everybody out there is asking themselves, is, is it possible that this stock could move, you know, 3% between now and yeah. October expiration? I almost think it would be shocking to me if it didn't move at least that much, which is one of the reasons why the valuation that you're spending for the options right here and why you would structure the trade that way, I think, makes sense. And, you know, you were talking on the earlier show about just some general potential market risk, and if you happen to believe in that as well, then using this even as a substitution for being long the stock going into earnings is a sensible way to play it, I think. All right, from a winner to a loser, semiconductor stocks getting smacked around today, falling nearly 3%. Texas Instruments down a whopping 4%. Intel got a big downgrade today. Taiwan Semi, Applied Materials, NVIDIA all seeing red. The space could see even sharper moves when two big names report earnings next week. Those are NVIDIA and Applied Materials. NVIDIA implying a more than 7% move in either direction. Applied Materials could see a more than 3% move. Which name you play in, CB Dubs? Well, we're going to look at the index and then uh, look at NVIDIA. But most of the names have had unhappy results in terms of price action following earnings over the last uh, week or so. So I wanted to just look at first as our setup. What we know is that uh, the semiconductor index has returned to an inherently difficult level. Talk about a double top perspective, meaning before you can exceed a high, you likely contend with it. And so what we know here is that this level, right, is exactly the former high. In fact, if I were to draw some lines, today the index closed at 1354 versus the high of 1362 um, 18 years ago. And it reached a high today of 1365. Literally, we are right there, and we're struggling at that level. Um, moving forward. So a couple uh, relative charts, and let's get on to NVIDIA. What we know is that the semiconductor index has gone on to make new highs, and yet the relative performance to the S&P, which you can see here, has stayed stuck. Never could we make the new high. So if I were to draw the lines a different way, we also have something which would be otherwise known as a triple top on the relative performance of the S&P. And just consider this. Look where we are here. We are above this level on the absolute, but we're below this level on the relative. It's deterioration any way you want to look at it. Um, finally, here's the SOX index, here trend line, and what we do know is we've bounced off this line repeatedly, but the problem here is 
after bouncing off, we didn't make the new high, we bounce off again, it's shallower and shallower. That's ultimately a stall, at least to my eye. And so let's put NVIDIA up here. It's the same circumstance. It's got the same lines, and it's already stalling, meaning rather than looking like a bounce off the line, meaning a ricochet, a ricochet, a ricochet, it's compressing, and to my eye, that looks like the beginning of what should be um, something unhappy. So what I'm thinking here is that this is really going to stall out. I want to bet that NVIDIA is going to do what Intel did and what some other big semis act poorly on earnings. All right, interesting. What, what's your trade here, Mike? Yeah, so I'm you know, looking out uh, about 70 days to October expiration, as Dan was doing with Walmart. You know, obviously, options premiums do get elevated when you go into earnings, but compared to how sharply the stock has moved historically on earnings, they're actually not grossly overpriced. It's an expensive stock in dollar terms, so the options tend to be a little bit more expensive as well. Specifically, I was looking at the October 250, 220 put spread. You could spend $12 for the October 250 puts, sell the 220s against it for 345. So you're spending about eight and a half bucks to make a bearish bet. And, you know, I would make this point about NVIDIA, and that is that, you know, they had a lot of tailwinds coming into this period, among which was that, you know, there might have been some price support for their chips amongst crypto mining. One could argue, based on how cryptos have behaved, that maybe that won't continue to be a tailwind. They are facing some increasing competition from AMD. And let's face it, this isn't an extremely uh, cheap stock at these levels, especially if you think that the business could potentially be cyclical. So uh, I certainly wouldn't short the stock, but I think a trade like this makes sense if you're inclined to bet against it. As far as the strikes, they're perfect. They line up exactly what you're looking for on the downturn, $8 for a $30 wide that gives you two months with a potential name that really can move. And I'll just mention, you just mentioned crypto. You know, AMD reported two weeks ago, they guided crypto sales of their chips down 50% from the first half to the second half. And so if you were to see that in a stock like NVIDIA that is actually trading at 10 times sales, next year's sales, expected sales, and 30 times earnings, which both are supposed to meaningfully decelerate in 2019, you know, second half of year is when people start to re-rate stocks based on this sort of stuff. So to me, I like this trade. It could be an outright bearish bet or a hedge. Well, you're risking, you know, about 4%, maybe a little bit less of the current stock price on, on a stock that typically moves about seven and a half percent just on earnings so you know just why would we be using options instead of trading the stock that would be one of the clear reasons why are we using a spread more specifically because as we often say options premiums tend to be elevated going into catalysts such as earnings and we want to offset some of the decay that you're going to you're going to get so I happen to think that this is one of those situations where the options market's presenting an interesting opportunity that we haven't typically gotten just because of how volatile it has been in the past. Last right, and just, uh, again, microchip today, down 11%, Intel on its number. Most semis, despite what they've said, have acted poorly in response to their numbers. Look, Morgan Stanley, I think it was yesterday, had a negative note on the semis. You mentioned the second downgrade of the week for Intel. So I, I hear what you're talking about. All right, we've got much more options action still ahead. Here's what's coming up. How about making money on the online dating site, Match? If the stock goes up, down, or nowhere at all, Mike Cohen will break it down. Plus, calling all options action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at options action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when options action returns. 
CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Forget the FANG trade. Web 2.0 stocks are on a tear this week. Our Seema Modi live at the New York Stock Exchange with that. Hey, Seema. Yeah, Scott, that's exactly right. Forget FANG stocks like Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Alphabet. A whole host of online stocks were on fire this week. Match, Yelp, IAC, Twilio, and Etsy all posting significant gains. And take a look at Yelp. The online review service beat on the top and bottom lines and saw solid growth in paying advertiser accounts. Though revenue guidance did come in a little light, that stock is still up 30% for the week. Investors swiping right on match. That stock soaring more than 30% as Tinder delivered strong subscriber numbers. The street also seems to be less concerned about Facebook taking market share away from match when it unveils its own dating product, an announcement Facebook made at its FA development conference in May. IAC getting a like from Wall Street after earnings pointing to, pointed to continued strength. UBS, JP Morgan, BMO Capital all raising their price target on shares of IAC. Plus, shares of Twilio popping 25% after the cloud communications company boasted a surprise profit compared to an expected loss and cited growth in voice and messaging products. And then there's Etsy, which surprised analysts by upping its full-year outlook. That stock jumped more than 10% for the week. The rally we've seen in online consumer-oriented companies like these continues to speak to the overall firmness of the consumer economy. So who knows? Maybe it's time to call these the junior fang names. Scott, back to you. Yes, you call them something. Seema, thanks so much. I mean, the performance has been great. Mike Coe, how do you bet on these? All right, so we're going to take a look at math right now, and specifically we're going to take a look at selling a put. And why are we looking to sell a put? Well, for one thing, buying the stock right here, the stock is right now trading at an all-time high, and we might want to own it at a slightly lower price. Secondly, we're looking to sell options because options right now on the stock like match are extremely expensive. And finally, when we sell options, we usually improve the probability of profit. So we can just take a quick look right here, and we'll notice that uh, the stock traded about 51.15 or so is about where it closed. I'm taking a look at this 50 level. Now, that seems like a rather risky spot when you consider where it came from. And I'm also looking at this 45 level, which is where the stock was earlier. And specifically, the trade I'm looking at is the December 50 puts. This is how expensive these options are. Usually, we don't look at selling options that far out. But right now, you can collect 10% of the strike by selling that put. So effectively, if the stock is put to you, you're going to buy it at 50. But net of the $5 you collect, you're spending 45 bucks for it, which is that level it was trading at earlier this year before we saw this sharp breakout that we just had right here. And just taking a look right now at the probability of profit here, we can see that the chances that this thing expires worthless are about 50-50. But it's going to be 61% chance that it's not going to violate that $45 level. So right here we have a situation. I like this. That's a nice chart right there. <laughs> so this is, a, this is a trade where you probably are going to have a, a good chance of making money. You're collecting 10% in just over four months. All right. What do you think of this trade, Dan? I'm swiping right on this one, and uh, and I'll tell you why. I mean, you know, after such a massive gain here, um, you know, to do an at-the-money put, um, I know that it is 10% of the stock price here, but when you think how gappy this has been, you know, it went down 20% on that Facebook announcement back in May. It seems like the real risk here with 50% short interest um, 
is you know that you have these competitive sorts of things. That's why you had the move because of the short interest this week. It just seems really kind of tight to me. Or in terms of the, just the price action, I think they had results, right? The stock was at 155, and it gapped up 8% to 168. Now, that you might expect after something that was outsized. But you don't have price discovery after the first day. But it's not 168. Now it's 193. We're up 25 26% from the pre-news print. Now you have price discovery. So the presumption is it's been re-rated to where it belongs, and it likely backs and fills for quite some time neither goes higher nor gives back a lot. You know, the other thing I'd point out is that there are people who own this stock, right? So the question you need to ask yourself, do I want to continue to own that stock or would I rather just be short this put, collect 10% over the course of the next few months and worst case, own it at a lower level and still have a 10% potential upside from here after you had a really well, I, nice, sharp I, move. I think that's a really good point. If you were long the stock and you think there could be a greater short squeeze here, selling it at the money put rather than buying stock here is one way to add potential yield to a defined sort of amount of money. You know, like if you were going to buy the stock or more of it down at 45, then it makes sense to sell this right here. Yeah, I mean, look, selling puts is not a strategy you engage in if you're inclined to be short a stock, right. right? This is something where you think you either are comfortable owning it or you think it's going to tread sideways. You're looking to collect premium. All right. Up next, is it hip to buy square? This week it was. The stock rallying more than 3%. So are more gains ahead? Stick around to find out. Plus, got a question for one of our traders. Send a tweet to at options action. We may actually read it later in the show. We are live at the NASDAQ. Times Square and more options action is right after this. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action Time for a look back at some of our open trades. Last week, Dan said shares of chipmaker AMD were heading higher. The company just guided the second half of this year to crypto mining sales down 50%. You've basically taken a lot of risk out of that being something that could draw the stock down, okay? And it could be a huge, um, it could be a huge uh, tailwind if it were to go up. And specifically looking at October, you could sell the October 16 put at 55 cents, and you could use the proceeds to buy the October 21-25 call spread for 55 cents. Jacket looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> that was a different. It was different. I promise. Okay. All right. Stocks now up more than two percent since the time of that trade. How are you playing AMD now? Yeah. So it's just kind of <laughs> grinding a little bit higher, especially after what Carter just said. A lot of these other names are kind of losing some of their leadership. So to me, one of the reasons why I sold that downside put and I bought a call and then I sold another call is because I wanted this thing to kind of grind higher, and that's what's going on. So at some point, when we get further, maybe above twenty, closer to that twenty-one strike, the long call strike, I think you take in that short sixteen put strike in October, and you ride out that call spread. You didn't feel like wearing a tie tonight? Oh, Carter. Oh. Carter just makes us all look like I just Josh. never took Every it off. <laughs> been in it all day. Oh. Two weeks ago, big guy, uh, Carter and Mike said shares of Square were heading into some trouble. This is a well-defined trend line and so forth. But what I'm thinking at this point is, is that we know that uptrends will have checkbacks, and that we will often get back to trend and we're kind of due for that right around now. The uh, September 65.55 put spread, you would spend $3.20 to buy those 65s and then sell the 55s for 80 cents. Well, the stock did fall but managed to rally back, now up more than a percent since the time of the trade. 
So what are you going to do now? Right. So we, the drawdown was nice, about 10 bucks. Now it's recovered. But what's interesting is the recovery has not uh, permitted the stock to make new highs. I think it's stuck and would be inclined to stick with the, stick with the short bet. Yeah, I'm going to guess that it's possible that some people who had this trade on may have already taken some of their profits when we saw that initial drawdown. But if you haven't yet, there's not a whole lot of premium in this trade right now expiring in September. So I would be inclined to stick with it. Yeah, and I'd just say the one thing about a cult stock like this, which is it is square, when you get a quick drawdown and then right back up there, it kind of speaks to strength, right? If the fact is that it's just a one-day decline on the news and they bring it right back. So to me, it's kind of hard to own put premium from here on out, in my opinion, in the near term. Okay. Up next, your tweets and the final call. We're back and it's time to take your tweets. Our first fan asks, thinking of selling the August 44 calls and buying the October 44 calls on Cisco. Give us your thoughts, Dan. I think yeah. Cisco reports next week. It does report next week. And I think, Imran, you kind of read my mind here. I'm sorry. The stock just rallied about 6%. Oh, he read your mind. Yeah, he did. Oh, the, he said the, I did. The stock just rallied about 6% in the last week here. Going in the event, the August um, calls are kind of elevated in premium terms. And so if you want to set up for a rally into the fall, this is the way to do it. You're risking about 1.5% of the stock price. I like the trade. All right. Our next fan asks, selling call options against a strong underlying stock is a good income source. How do you find those stocks? That's a good question, Mikey. How do you find good stocks? Well, that's sort of the trick, isn't it, as an investor? The fact is actually selling covered calls against most types of stocks is a good idea, even if you don't choose them that well. And the reason is because you're collecting that premium over time. But the one thing I would tell you is it might be easier to pick which stocks to avoid. The stocks you want to avoid are ones with a lot of leverage on their balance sheets or that have a lot of catalysts that sharply drive the stock in one direction or another. Tesla is one that comes immediately to mind. But otherwise, I think covered calls are a strategy you can employ in almost any stock you hold in your portfolio. Yeah, and I would just make one quick point, except for a stock like Match with 50% short interest, because you own that because of the potential for these outsized sort of returns. All right, time now for the final call. Carter, you're up first. NVIDIA into earnings. Caution. Why put spreads in NVIDIA? Danny boy. You know, I like oh, this char- you have one? Oh, that's no, no, I like this charting on the SMH. I think that one looks like the, the one to put on here. So to me, but I like uh, defining your risk at Walmart. Thank you guys for having me. Have a Thanks, great Scott. weekend. All right. That does it for us here on Options Action. We'll be back here next week. Don't go anywhere. Mad Money starts right now. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.